0: G'day guys. In today's episode we chat with former Fitzroy, Sydney and Hawthorne champion Darren Kapler as he reflects on his time in the AFL and his success as a coach in the Southern Footy League. So sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. And welcome to episode 32 of the Pressure Point podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Quinn DeLuca. How are you going, mate?
1: Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Still mourning after uh, a qualifying final loss on Friday night from the Tigers. So still mourning a little bit, but I'm getting getting over it now. Not too bad. Yourself?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, not too bad, mate. Um, Obviously pretty envious that you blokes are in the finals every year and my team isn't. But, um, you know... So it is what it is, but yeah, just another another uh, another week uh, for me as a Carlton supporter. That's for sure. So, <laughs> but um, but now we've got a we've got a massive episode this uh, this one. We um, we've got a very special guest. We've got former Fitzroy, Sydney, and Hawthorne champion and multiple premiership coach in the Southern Footy League, Darren Kapler. Thank you for joining us. No worries. How are you? Good, mate. How are you
2: going? Yeah, good. Good. Been a while.
0: Has been a while. Has been a while. Um yeah, for those who don't know, Caps uh, was my old coach at, at Dingley. Um probably oh, geez, about six, six, five, six years ago now. So it's been a while. Um and yeah, we played in a played in a flag in, in 2014, which was great. So it's our our no caps. And um yeah, so we've uh, yeah, we go go a while back, don't we?
2: Yeah, yeah, they were good days, mate. They were good days. Um the teams that we had in the reserves back then really didn't need a coach. They coached themselves. <laughs> Just, uh, needed someone to put them in positions with the list we had. It was pretty strong.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So that no, was very enjoyable times back then and, um, you know, still a, still a powerhouse of a club. So, um, yeah, it was, it was great to be a part of, but but um, we will start with you, mate. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll strip it right back. We'll go back to your, your early footy days and um, your junior, your junior stages and, Um, yeah. Yeah. Where did it all start for you?
2: Uh, Marcus, I'm a, I'm a South Australian. Uh, you may or may not know. So, um, I started as every kid started, um, very young. Um, I I think I was starting to be playing in my brother's under 19 when I was about seven, six or seven. So, you know, it started, started back then and you go through the ranks and, um, in those days just like the the, the old vfl the sandfall had zones where they picked their players up from and uh, i was zoned to um, to south adelaide so they had their under 17s and under 19s competition so um, yeah so i got uh, i got sort of scouted or picked up uh, by them because i was in their in their zone i was a massive massive port adelaide supporter as a kid um, saw the 79 79 80 81 grand final wins um, when I was, you know, sort of like 15, 14, 15, 16. Um, so, yeah, just went through the, the ranks, uh, mainly played in the under-19s at South Adelaide. I made the um, uh, the Tilt Cup, the South Australian Till Cup team, which is now the under-18 national championship competition. Uh, so, as I said, you know, obviously under-17s. I uh, was up in Queensland. We played the Vix off in the grand final and lost, unfortunately, but there were some big names in the in the Vic team, led by uh, Paul Salmon. Um, I think he. Um, I think 14 players from that Victorian team went, over, went on to play VFL, and and in the um, South Australian team, I think it was about uh, five or six went on to play um, VFLA slash AFL. So that's where it uh, pretty much um, all started. Uh, was very young, like everyone does, and then uh, just moved through the through the ranks, and um, yeah, zoned to South Adelaide.
0: Yeah, perfect. Um, And then, yeah, so you're South Australian. Then you you obviously got picked up in the late 80s um, into what was the VFL back then, and um, you picked up by Fitzroy. So run us through the process of of getting picked up by them. Um, It was still the zone system back then too, wasn't it?
2: Uh, It was the last year of they had form fours, which means they had the zone situation, but they had four um, these – you could go out and chase four people outside of your zone um and that was basically for interstate players so it was about uh, late 1986 um the first draft was in 19 late 1986 um and Fitzroy had one of these last forms left this form 4 so uh Arthur Wilson the football manager at the time and David Parkin came over to see me in, in Adelaide um and said you know they wanted to use this uh, form on me so you could bypass the draft uh, so, I decided because they finished third in one thousand nine hundred and eighty six I decided to uh, to go to Fitzroy. There was obviously interest from other clubs uh, for me to go into the draft. Um, it was the first year the Brisbane Bears and uh, the West Coast Eagles came into the competition in one thousand nine hundred and eighty seven so that 's how pretty much I got uh, I got picked up and uh, just the, uh, the fact that David Parkin and Arthur Wilson came over to see me and um, he made a big impression of me, David Park. And so that's the reason I went to Fitzroy. And going back to what you said earlier, you mentioned you're a big Port Adelaide
1: fan. It's been a bit of a topic this year. What are, you, what are your thoughts on the prison bar um, jumper? Should they be able to
2: wear it? Oh, I think so. You know, I think they should wear it, um, except for the games against Collingwood. Then they can have an, an away strip. It's such a, an intimidating jumper, uh, the prison bar jumper. It's just, um, it's got a lot of history. Obviously, they're in their 150th year. Um, you know, I had a duffel coat full of stuff with Bruce Abernathy on the back. And, um, yeah, being black and white, there's just something about black and white stripes. And, uh, you know, they're the most successful football club in the in the country as far as premierships go. I don't know how many they've won now. It's bloody into the 40s, I think. So, I, 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 I do believe they should be allowed to wear it, except for against Collingwood.
1: Yeah, nice. Now, um... You did, back to Fitzroy now, you did win a F at a fairly young age. You obviously went on to play a fair bit of footy after that. But was that one of your more memorable seasons, would you say?
2: Oh, yeah, it was my second season in the VFL. um, And people say, you know, a lot of players have the second year blues, but, um, you know, I played 21 games in my first year and, uh, tw- the whole 22 in my second year. So yeah, it was, it was definitely my biggest, uh, and most successful year of football personally. Um, we're always reasonably competitive at Fitzroy, but, um, never quite got there in 89. We just missed out of the finals and, uh, yeah. So yeah, it was a, it was a very exciting, um, year personally, but I think the, um, the biggest game that I've uh, played in was the 1994 State of Origin game against Victoria at Football Park, where we won by four points. It was just a massive game. Um, so that was, my, that was my grand final, um, definitely that game. Yeah,
1: State of Origin is sorely missed by a lot. Do you, do you think it's something the AFL should bring back, that uh, State of Origin
2: competition? Oh, I think it's difficult. Uh, it's difficult now with players uh, from all over the country. Uh, back then, it was predominantly, you know, your, your Western Australians, South Australians, Victorians. Now there's, you know, with all these academies, there's just so many other players that uh, would miss out. So I don't think it's got the the same uh, prestige as it used to have. Um, there was nothing like playing for your state against Victoria. And uh, back in those days, they were midweek games, so we played on the Saturday, or Sunday, and then had to front up again. I think it was a Tuesday, or Wednesday night. The one in '94. So, but um, yeah, I don't think it'll come back like it used to be.
1: Yeah, I agree. I can't see it being the same as it was. Now, um, you played throughout the 80s and 90s, which is by some considered probably one of the greatest eras of football that we've ever seen. The stars that played in that era were, you know, you can't count them on one hand. Who do you think probably was one of the best players you played with or against?
2: Oh, look, having, having played with three clubs, I had the opportunity to play with some fantastic players. You know, you look at uh, Fitzroy, there was uh, Paul Roos, Gary Pert, Alistair Lynch, Richard Osborne. The list just goes on and on and on. And then went to um, went to Sydney, played with Paul Kelly. You know, Plugger came up in 95, so played with him. Um, and then when I went to finish my career at Hawthorne, you had Jason Dunstall, John Platten. Uh, the list just goes on and on. I mean, I could have made an All-Australian team out of the players that I'd played with over my 12 years.
1: Yeah, it's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. Obviously, um, the AFL system today is a, lot, is a fair bit stricter than it was back then. Do you have any... Any funny stories with teammates or yourself that you guys got up to that you probably players these days wouldn't get away with
2: ah oh, it's just you know like back in the back in the 80s and 90s it was just the, it was just the culture I mean you'd, you'd go out and you'd play hard on the field and you'd play hard off the field that was just just the way it was um, you know as soon as the as soon as the game had finished you were you go to the pub and you just get stuck into it until God knows what time uh, the, next, the next morning and you know there was on some occasions that we'd uh, we'd have the odd Sunday morning training session and it wasn't unusual for guys to sleep in their car outside the lakeside over in South Melbourne where we used to train at Troy uh, for the nine o'clock session uh, just to make sure that you weren't be late you, you weren't going to be late so. You know, with so many reporters and so many, you know, in social media, you know, people using their cameras, right? You know, you, there'd be so many things that would come up now that that, that happened in the uh, 80s and 90s. Um, nothing really illegal, but, you know, like guys pissing up against the wall outside of a nightclub or, you know, doing those little, little things or, you know, walking out of uh, the tunnel nightclub, um, you know, staggering around. But... Um, Back in the funny, back in those days on a Thursday night, you'd get the football manager and he'd be handing out all these medallions from all these nightclubs. Um, so you'd have about 10 medallions on your key ring and, you know, you'd walk up to the, the establishment, you'd just flash your, flash your medallion, $50 drink card, and you go, even if there was a line a mile long. So those the, the tunnel especially had uh, every club's list written down. So when you came in, they'd tick you off, and you get your drink card and in you go. Yeah, it was, um, they, were good, they were good days, but I'm probably, you know, in some respects wish that it was like it is now back then um, with how professional it is because, you know, I reckon our performances would have actually suffered somewhat by, you know, drinking on a Saturday night and, and stuff like that. So, Yeah. Obviously, you were doing something right because in a past interview with the Lions, you did
1: say that you played football until you were about 42. What's your secret to the longevity? A lot of blokes can't last that
2: long. Ah, look, I don't know. I suppose um, I was always pretty naturally fit. I did cop my fair share of injuries in the AFL. I probably missed two seasons of footy if you put it all together. Um, I don't know. It's just um, play yourself on the halfback flank and keep out of trouble. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so it was, you know... I played until I was around forty-two. Yeah,
0: yeah, love it. That's it. Sit across half back, mate. It's a, it's a good position. Um, yeah. Well, what would you uh, What would you say was the highlight of your career? Um, you now, what, what do you look back on as like the most memorable moment? You know, a story that you you sort of tell everyone that really that yeah, sums up your career. Uh, well,
2: nineteen eighty-eight was my um, uh, the best and fairest year at Fitzroy. So, you know, that was. Um, that was a, a really good season, and I remember one statement from um, the West Coast Eagles coach. Might not have been in '88. I can't remember who was coaching you in '88, but he did say on the radio that the um, the um, the entrance money was worth seeing the duel between Dean Kemp and myself on the wing. So um, I thought that was uh, that was a pretty good um, pretty good and proud statement for someone to say about you, and also John Worsfold. Um, this is. Uh, Funny, he could he he could have killed me. You know, he, he had had me just um, stone cold on the wing there, and he and he looked at me and he said, "Anyone else, and I would have fucking killed you." Sorry, I swear, um, <laughs> I would have killed you. So um, yeah, so I think that's uh, just a little bit, little bit of respect.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well,
2: uh,
0: yeah, just, just some Wusha. What was the like yeah. playing against him? Was he was a pretty tough player?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, it's everyone, there were a lot of tough footballers. And, um, you know, I played on Dipper quite a few times. And, you know, you you line up on someone on the wing, like Dipper, and you had them the whole day. Um, there was no rotations. The only reason you came off the ground is if you were doing no good. Um, so, yeah, Busher was a – I mean, he was tough, hard. Yeah. So, I'm glad he didn't run through me that day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh- and speaking of grounds as well, so what about your favourite ground to play? Obviously, back then, there were a lot more grounds being used than than there is now. Uh, you know, teams had proper home grounds back then. So was there a, a particular ground that, you you know, you played your best footy at or, um, you know, a crowd that you, you preferred to play in front of?
2: Yeah, I think uh, Princess Park at um, Carlton. That was Fitzroy's home game, home ground, sorry, uh, back when I was playing. That was a, you know, it wasn't too small, it wasn't too big. I really liked playing there. Um, back in those days, the grounds weren't in the same condition they are now uh, with the, you know, the centre square used to get uh, pretty muddy at most grounds. But uh, that that ground held up reasonably well. So I did like that. Uh, when I got to Hawthorne, um, we are at Waverley Park. So just the open, um, the big, massive ground at Waverley, uh, someone with a bit of leg speed like myself was was a good ground to play it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And just touching on Hawthorne. So, you obviously finished your career at Hawthorne as well in, in 98. Um, how was the game then compared to when you first started? I know it was a, you know, not a massive gap in time, but it was in terms of uh, the way the game was tracking. Is Was the game just already starting to really speed up a lot um, towards those late 90s, uh, like those late 90 days?
2: Yeah, it was. It definitely was. It was uh, the right. Rotation started to come in then and also, um, you know, there was a training session in the afternoon. I think that in 98, it started to, to get to that uh, semi-professional stage. So there was one session at about one o'clock on a Thursday, I think. But yeah, the game was, um, was definitely changing. Um, it was just starting to change. So nothing like it is, uh, is today. Um, the tactics started to come into it a little bit because there really wasn't a lot of tactics in the footy back then. Um, You know, it was just get the ball and use it as best you can. There was no kicking sideways, backwards. Um, So, yes, it was starting to change, but uh, nowhere near what it is now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And just uh, touching on that Hawthorne team again, obviously you played with, uh, you know, the great Jason Dunstall. What was it like, you know, Feeding him the ball inside fifty was he uh, was he uh, easy to kick to?
2: Oh, god, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've said all I've said all along that I got more pleasure out of kicking it to a Dunstall or a plugger than actually kicking the goal myself. Um, and I uh, think ninety in ninety six uh, Dunstall kicked 100, he kicked a hundred goals. I think it was the MCG against Melbourne uh, late in the season, and he kicked a hundred goals. And I think after the game, I said. Um, you wouldn't have gone if it wasn't for me. And he said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, no, no, I loved kicking to them. I loved kicking to them. Just yeah. the presence of plugger running at you and Dunstall. And yeah, it was an exciting time. Were
1: yeah. you on the ground the day that um, you kicked 100 and I'm guessing the crowd would have rushed, would have rushed everyone? Yeah. What was that like?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was. I think it was in 90, one of them was in 96 um, at the MCG. Yeah, yeah, just everyone rushing on the ground. Um, you just sort of expected that so you just uh, had to run in and protect him as much as possible um, yeah it was fun it was fun to, to be involved with that
0: yeah well we'll move on to your your post uh, AFL career and we'll go into your, your coaching um, and in particular at, at Dingley in the in the southern footy League and um, obviously a multiple premiership coach there uh, with the reserves and um, as as said at the start yeah you coached me in that in that 2014 flag Um would you say that, or was there a particular season that you thought, "Wow, this team's bloody"? I know they are all good, but would you say, you know, one of those seasons was was the best team that you did coach?
2: Um, yes, it, well, d- definitely. The year we won in two thousand fourteen, we beat Cheltenham. Was that by thirty odd points? Or was that the year we beat them by ninety six? I can't remember.
0: <laughs> I think it was, um, I think it was a bit closer than that. Yeah.
2: yeah. 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 So so that the team you played in was was a really good team, but the the following year or the year after that, when we beat Cheltenham by 90 odd points, that, that team was, uh, that would have beaten a lot of second division senior teams that side. It was just, uh, it was just incredible. Like I said before, it was just, my job was just to put them in positions and do some rotations. You know, there was, you really did. They didn't need any coaching. They just, they were just such a skillful side. And, um, you know, like I said, they would have beaten some second division teams and, and any one of those players would have been playing senior footy at any other club. Marcus has told me before this interview that uh, he never missed a target when kicking inside
1: 50. Is there any truth behind that?
2: <laughs> uh, mate, all
1: the time, yep. Never missed a target, <laughs> never a <got> dragged. <laughs> and, and was he wearing some pretty flashy boots as well? He's been known to, uh, to wear some pretty flashy boots for someone of his standard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> running off the uh running off the half back flank. No, I didn't notice any flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> uh a,
0: yeah, just sit across half back, it's a safe game back there. Um it is. It is. <laughs> but um yeah, so obviously yeah, you moved into coaching um yeah after footy. Is is that the is that the plan now just to to stay on as a coach and um uh, and to keep doing that?
2: Uh I don't think I'll be um I was gonna help out uh, Danny Aids at Dingley season just gone but because of what happened um yeah that's obviously uh obviously not going to happen now so um i've sort of decided to give it a rest for um you know 12 months and see see where i'm at because of um you know the lockdown i don't want to be um tied up next season um you know the fact that we haven't been able to go away has been yeah it's been challenging so i just didn't want to get into the situation where I'm sort of tied away for, for the preseason and and, uh, and the winter
0: Yeah, no, that's fair enough, yeah, it's a lot of uncertainty at the moment with, you know, with especially footy in Melbourne and locally as well, yeah. so yeah, it's probably yeah. a good decision, so what is now the, the plan for, for, for yourself um, just in life going forward from now um, you know, your, with your job and, and whatnot, so what is the plan going forward from now
2: Oh, look, it's just a continued work. I'm a sales rep for a food company, so that's um, that's pretty casual sort of a job. It's not too much stress. Uh, my son lives down at Torquay. He's got a cafe called, I'll give him a plug, Mavis Mavis in Torquay. Um, so, yeah, get down to see him. We haven't seen him for six months, so get down and see him and just travel a little bit when we can. Um, so that's, yeah, just take life uh, as it comes and um, one day at a time, as they say. That's
0: it. That's it. That's all we can do at the moment. Um, yep. But yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much all we've got time for today, Caps. It's, uh, it's been greatly appreciated to have you on, mate. Um, yeah, no you're definitely, uh, definitely my favourite coach during my footy days. So um, yeah, I really appreciate your, you know, your time as a coach and, and, and coming on today. So um, yeah, it's been greatly appreciated,
2: mate. No worries. Thanks, Marcus. Cheers, mate.
0: Thanks for listening to this chat with Caps. And if you liked it as much as we did, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe to us on YouTube, and follow us on Spotify. All the love and support that's coming through is greatly appreciated, and it definitely doesn't go unnoticed. So thank you for listening.